copy reverse. So now, David is saying like he doesn't understand why he chose reverse out of all storm. I've never done that before. Like you know, make it tasty. I, I, I like I, li I like keeping you guys on your toes, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I, I really want to focus on a, on a piece which is later on, but at the beginning he has a fascinating thing. He points about points out this idea. Um, Um, that the fact is you have Matan Torah and then immediately after Matan Torah we, we go into Parsha Mishpatim which is the first process of as it were of Nesinah of Halachas being given to, given to Kali Yisrael so the, the choice of the Halachas um, the choice of the Halachas which are chosen are, are very fascinating uh, we start with Kisikna Ebed Ivri now the Torah does not give us context of, it sounds like one person selling himself, etc. Because I'll tell me that's referring to a person who was Makruabazin because of a Geneva. But that's not written in Tarshab Um If it's not written in Tarshab and I'm looking at the Pasuk and saying, okay, we have the, the, the civil and criminal laws of a nation are to be given, the fundamental of the basis and ordinance of justice and humaneness are to be laid down, and the first man to be dealt with is. The rights of man. It talks about when a man sells another man. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense. But that's what you would start with. So I'm going to start talking about the the we're introducing a new document to, to the world. A document which introduces ideas of, of that human beings are not are, are have have value, have significance, have a purpose, etc. And the first one is talking about talking about selling slaves. It doesn't make sense. If there's a tar, if there's a Tarshabal pet, and there's it's referring to a scenario of a Geneva, and the Torah is, is is giving the opposite. The Torah is giving me a very very appropriate righteous way how to deal with even a criminal. So then it's an extraordinary document, right? Look look at the societies around them how they deal with a person who stole. They chopped off his hand, or they chopped off his head, or they put him into a dungeon, you know, fifty feet below. And the Torah says you pay back the money by by working off working off your debt, and while you're there, the, the family's taken care of. It's a whole different flavor. But if I don't know the Torah about Peshavoy, it, it it would would be a very it, it it's an extraordinary thing to start. It doesn't make any sense. It says it it would have to indicate either the, that we don't we, we have no understanding of what the Torah is all about. The Torah is not this wonderful enlightened document, right? Which is what some people argue, obviously, or that there must be the Tarshabal pet. But as is to say that this is a logical place to start, and that's all there is is just the written law. It would seem to be very strange. So that's uh, that. That's the point that he stresses over here, and he gives a motion which we discussed last year, uh, no, not last year, I think two years ago, um, which I think is a fascinating motion. The Tarshabal is to be to Tarshabal pet. In the, in the relation of a short note on a full and extensive lecture on, on any scientific subject. For the student who has heard the whole lecture, short notes are quite sufficient to bring back afresh to his mind at any time the whole sub subject of the lecture. For him, a word, an added mark of interrogation or an exclamation, a dot, 
the underlining of a word is often quite sufficient to recall to his mind a whole series of thoughts, a remark, etc. But for those who have not heard the lecture from the master, such notes would be completely useless. If they were to try and reconstruct the scientific context of the lecture, literally from the such notes, they would make of necessity many, many errors. Words, marks, etc., which serve these scholars who have heard the lecture as instructive guiding stars to the wisdom that has been taught and learned, stare at the uninitiated as unmeaning sphinxes. Fascinating way of writing it. The wisdom of the truth which the initiated reproduce from them, but do not produce out of them, are stared at by the uninitiated as being merely a clever, witty play of words and empty dreams without any real foundation. So if you believe that there was a lecture, we're, 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 we're not making something up. We're, we, know that we, know, we know what the answer is. So the Ramos is a fascinating thing. Then where is the conversation in the Sathas Sukkah wants to know how we know that Priyatotter is an Esri? So Ramos says, that's a strange question. So here we are in the time of the Gemara. I mean, what have they been doing for the last... The Torah was given at this point in time, 1,500 years earlier. Right, close to 1,500 years earlier, the Torah was given. And here we have Amoroyim fighting about what, what a Priyatotter is. Well, what have they been doing for the last 1,400 years? That they've been using, you know, peanuts? They've been using something. Sir Amman says that wasn't the question. The question, we, we know what the answer is. We're trying to figure out, is there any way to derive explicitly, or imp, I'm sorry, implicitly from the words of the Torah what it is, as opposed to just relying on Torah, just, on, just relying on a Masorah. That's the question which the Chazals are dealing with. They know what the answer is. You know, right? they're, they're trying to figure out, we, we know what the Masorah is. We know what film looked like. Right? But, so, why are we discussing the Tat B'Kasvi is Ishtayim and the Pasva Friki Ishtayim? I mean, we know what it is, but we would like to see if we can find a, a, a way that it's rooted in the words, in the notes, as it were, the notes of the lecture. So it comes out a fascinating thing that the Iker of, of Torah is not the Tarsha B'Ksav. The Iker of Torah is the Tarsha B'Alpet. The Tarsha B'Ksav is, is, is a vehicle to hold on to the Tarsha B'Alpet. Um... If a person would have a phenomenal knowledge of A, Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat and B, of the interface between the two, he could theoretically learn Torah Shabbat and review all Torah Shabbat while he's doing so. So that's the thing in the latter half of his life. That's what he did. He would, re, he would learn through the Torah Shabbat and while doing, doing that, he would review all of Torah Shabbat on that, that concept. Because he was able to find the remnants, he was able to find ways to to bring out all of those ideas in the Tarshim itself. Um, um, now, when the Word of God wants us to realize what are the principles of rights and humaneness w- w- which it demands from the, for the respect of the human being, it starts off with the criminal. It takes for its example the criminal against property, the criminal who, in all of the states, is threatened with the, the direst punishment to body and freedom. It shows us what is the, the treatment that the Torah, the God's ideas of rights in his state, dictates. So, once you understand that there's a whole other body of, of understanding over here, and Chazal tells us it's referring to a, a person who's a Ganav, that the Torah is telling us that even the criminal deserves to have, have very, very appropriate treatment, fair treatment, that's an extraordinary statement of the value of the value of man, especially when you contrast it with the reality of the societies which they lived in. 
So that's the first thing I want to show. But at the end of the whole parsha, he comes back. And he talks about it more. Like a lot of times he does it that after after he, after he finishes the whole, um, um, the, the the whole section, he goes back and, and sort of discusses it more at length. Okay. So he says, like I said, if we consider this law, which which the word of God is placed at the head of his precepts of the rights of man, we shall find that there is hardly another one which would be as eminently suited to give us an insight into the underlying ideas and conceptions of the Torah's system of jurisprudence and the intuitions of laws and human rights, and the very fundamentally different character to all of the systems of law. This is the one and only case in the Torah orders a deprivation of freedom as a punishment. And we shall see that even this case is not to be looked at as a punishment. And how does it order it? So he's deprived of freedom. You put him in jail. No, you don't put him in jail. In order to be brought into the life of a family as you might order a refractory child to be brought under the influence of a Jewish family life. And with what precaution does it surround itself, this undertaking? It says, how careful is the self-confidence of the rigid criminal should not be broken. In spite of degradation, he's brought upon himself. He should feel himself considered and treated as a brother capable of being loved and giving love. Now, th- that concept that, you know, today we're trying to create reform in prisons, that we should treat the, the prisoners as people who, are, who deserve respect. Right? That the Torah is writing that from day one, the Matan Torah, that, that is, that, that's the first thing which is going to teach us about what it means, how to deal with a criminal. It's an extraordinary thought. How does this, that he may not be separated from his wife and family, and what care does it t- take that his family should not be left in distress through his crime and its results? So in, in our society, in our enlightened society, we take a, a criminal, we throw him into jail, and his family has no source of, of, of livelihood anymore. They have, they have nothing to live on. Because they don't have the if if he's the if he's the master of the house, and he's the one who was the breadwinner. Well, tough luck, right? See, he feels the the inadequacy of not being able to support take care of his family. His family feels the pain of not having their their support. The the person feels that reality and feels the inadequacy to the point that it, it can break a person. So the person says, no, no, no. In deriving of his liberty, and therefore of the means to provide for his dependents, Torah puts the responsibility of caring for them on those who, for the duration of his lack of freedom, have the benefits of his labor. To this day, there's no society which has such a concept. That that's what it means to incarcerate somebody. Um, punishments are imprisonment with all the attendant despair and moral degeneration that dwell behind prison bars. All the worry and distress it entails for wife and child are unknown in the Torah jurisprudence. Um, when its powers hold sway, prison for criminals do not exist. It only knows of remand in custody, and even this, according to the whole prescribed legal procedure, etc. Now, for furthermore, even the single case does not, the, the, the loss of freedom is not, not a punishment. Um, he has a total of 60 years. It has to be only the repayment of the actual amount of the theft. Um, it cannot be used for kafel, which is the fine which is given. You can't use servitude for that purpose. Um, what it is, is it's the consequence of the crime demanding repayment. We're not punishing you. It's a consequence. You owe money. 
you have no way to give the money out of the back down the through labor. Now, repayment is not punishment. It is merely doing away with the effects of the crime. This lasts as long as the legal or criminal damage or loss of property and other is not made good again. So we're asking you, you're more responsible to take care of the problem, to fix the problem, so pay it back. Well, you have to work to pay it back. However, so, so it's not punishment, right? So here, this idea which they have in modern Chinuch of working with consequences as opposed to punishments. Shkoyach, it's a naya einfall of how to do chinuch, you know, how to how to raise a child. Uh, if it's true of a criminal, it should be true of your children at least, right? I don't need a, I don't need a, a chiddush of of a, a, to, to to it's it's a it's it's the first in, interface that you have with another human being is you don't punish, you give consequences. Um, then it says. Um, that um, we should have that other round. Why is it only used in this situation? And what about a case where he's a mazik? Um, perhaps the reason may lie in the fact that the theft shows the most direct contempt of the idea of the rights of property. Actually, just at the time when the owner entrusts his property to the sense of honesty and respect for the law of his fellow man. So you have on the, this man's whole position of human society begins with the idea of personal possessions. And men prove their rights to civilized social life by the respect for the idea of personal possession. So mazik is not the same thing as, as, as Geneva. Geneva is a total, total disregard for the concept of personal possession. Um, therefore, in the case of theft only, we, we need to as we, we the person the person himself as his being needs to be. Um, given his payment because he's lost the the cheshivas as a human being for the value of, of possession. So this idea I think is um, uh, we've talked about this before the, the, the significant cheshivas that we give to to personal possession of property rights of the uh, what we'll call capitalism as opposed to the idea of that we there's a the socialism. Right? Um, I, I mentioned here Rabbi Rucham says that why why does the Torah give such a chashivas to personal possessions? Like why is it such an invaluable thing? So he says that um, the ability to be to be a giver like a kodesh baruch requires having possessions. The, the whole goal of the Torah is that we should become givers like a kodesh baruch The Baruch put a system in place where we have ownership. He didn't have to create a system where we have ownership. He could have made us, you know, being um, you know, everything belonging to the society. But that would undermine the, the, the individual hashivas of each person. That I, I could play a role as, 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 as a giver, as a creator, as a source. And the whole point of Torah is that each man has the ability, each human being has the ability to be a source of giving to others. And that, and, and that, in that way, we're we're, we're diamond to go to Shmuel, In that way, we've accompl- we've brought out our Talmud So the cheshivas of, of possession is an extraordinary thing. And a person who denies that, you know, we live with the the, the world of socialism and communism. Of um, you know that, uh, which it sounds beautiful on paper. But but it's rooted on in a, a, a disregard for the cheshivas of of, of the, the work that, that I can, I can create something, 
And by creating it, it, it I have bylaws on it. Um, Marsha has a fascinating thing in, in, in the Debris Marsha where he talks about the Yisrael the, the of Kinyanim. Right? It's never clear anywhere where it says that the fact that that, that, that which my tree produces, that which my animal produces, that which I produce is mine. Right? There's no post that says that explicitly. Kinyanim for transfer ownership we have. Right? We have Yerusha which gives me the ground. But why, are the, why is the produce of the field mine automatically? Because the Kinyachatzer, it's not good Kinyachatzer, it doesn't have a fence around it. Right? So my field produces grain. Why is that my... I own the field. I, let's say, let, let make the case even, it, it grows wild. I'd even, it's, not even my, it's not even my seeds. My field produces the grain. So why, is it my grain? So the assumption of Allah is yes. The, short, the question is why? My animal gives birth to a child. I own the animal. Why do I own the child? Um, so, um, this idea of creating is rooted in that the, the Bershom created a world and he made man as a creator, as a giver. So, it's a very fascinating thing. Okay. Um, So then he says that, and then he adds a, little, a line, personal freedom is regarded by it as so much as a holy treasure. It's only in cases where the value of theft equals or exceeds the estimated value of six years' work that the court may receive to sell the thief. If the value of his work exceeds the amount of the theft, the court impounds his labors for the repayment of the amount of the theft. But it's not the problem of his freedom. Um... um If he said that, that that it's rooted in this concept of, of Russia is said that it's rooted in this concept of, of creation, that that which I create is mine. That's the whole idea of the world is to create is that we make we're like a, like Kodesh Baruch right? So um, he he see it's a fascinating you know hashkafic halachic concept. He he say it's a halachic shtickle, not a not hashkafic. It's not a, a Musa Shemus. It's part of a it's, it's a piece of different Moshe to be Mazber, the getter of Kenyan. Right? It's a fascinating thing to me that, that he does that. Um, in the whole period of slavery, there's only one condition in which the, this man, who's been sold to make reparation for his act of contempt of property, is brought to, to feel his degradation. Is that he marries this woman, which is not really a marriage. Um, so it seems to me its purpose is to bring home to him how morally low he has sunk. He's forfeited the moral height to which a Jew should stand and sunk back halfway into the degree of mere physical existence. It's a fascinating thing. It says marriage is something which is consecrated. It's called Kedushin. A Shifra marriage is impossible. Kedushin is impossible with her. It's just a physical act. So what we're telling him is that you have become physical. How I become physical? Because I didn't respect property. And now, we would argue that circular, circular reasoning. The respect of property is also a physical element. But the way Refresh was saying before, the respect for property is because property is part of, the, of the, the, the grandeur of the greatness of man. When you deny that, cheshivas, you've lowered yourself down on just that my goal is just the physical. Then, yes, so live with a shifcha. 
But if you don't understand the chashivas of property as something beyond just the physical ownership, so then what's the thought process? Um, I think it's a fascinating thing, you know. Uh, um, he talks about the idea of being uh, becoming a nirza, etc. But just so, as it is to the slave, so is the freemaking power of the seventh year a warning to the master too. And for all masters whose brethren have been brought on into a state of dependence on them, to make clear in the mind the, the invisible soul, one unique master. So we have to let go. So he talks about the idea that, that the six and the seven, which is one of Hirsch's constant themes, is that six represents the physical because the, the three dimensions, it has six sides to it. The six days of the week, etc. The seventh is that when you inject the oneness of a Kodesh Baruch Hu into the, into the, into the six. So you add an element of cheshivas to the physical. The eight is when it's beyond, but the idea the cheshivas of seven is the recognition that the physical world has tremendous value. The, the, the physical world has has is 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 a place of kedusha. The physical world has something more than just itself. It has a it, it is a, it is a it is a vehicle for something greater. So this fellow is works for six years because that's what he's debated himself into. He's he's taken a kodesh out of the equation. He's taken Kedusha out of the picture. He's looking at, looks at physical, it's just physical. So he looks at money, it's just money. It's, it's not ownership, which something has a cheshivas to it, which is, it, it's, a, it's a sacred sacred concept that you, you don't, you can't uh, trespass. It's just power, ownership, etc. So I can have it just as much as him. So, you know, it, it, it's very telling that our society, which has lost the whole, all value for the world of, of the concept of of, of the of the, the of kedusha, it, it, the, those people which are which are the, the more irreligious are more inclined towards the world of socialism and communism. There's a, there's a, there's a constant connection between the two. So besides the fact that they have to have an ism, they have to have a religion. Everybody has to believe in something, right? You know, I haven't verified this. You know, the major way. What exactly? The, the, remember, there was, a, there was a study which came out, and a report which came out, excellent years ago, like eight years ago, about the, um, you know, the part of the media, part of the society's message is that the Democrats care about people, they believe in human rights, etc., 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 and the Republicans, all they care about is money. So based on that, we would expect that the charitable giving of the the, the Democratic Democrats would be much higher than the, the, the charitable giving of the Republicans. So what's fascinating to find out is that the, the red states tend to have higher levels of charitable giving than the blue states. If you live in a religious world, you see that man is something beyond just the physical, so the purpose of money is to be able to give to others. To others. If there's nothing beyond that, so, so the, the purpose of money is that I should have a good time. The state should take care of everybody. But me, why should I give my money away? I mean, it, it, to me, it's embarrassing whether they're whether they're Republican or Democrat. The level of charitable giving which our our great leaders um, uh, indulge in, you know, like the average yeshiva guy gives more stalker than than the president, you know. Um, so like, it's it, it's it's totally, but it it what Hirsch is saying is it's rooted together. 
the person who's taken taken out of the picture, he's made a world of six. So everything is physical. So then why not take somebody else's things? And the 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 kashivas of money is that it, it's a vehicle to make a human being into, into something greater than just the physical being. It's a vehicle to be a giver. It's a vehicle to be like a Kodesh Baruch Hu. If I take that whole thing out of the picture, so th- then the, the idea of taking somebody else's things, the respect for personal possession is totally lost. The two of them go together. I think it's a fascinating thought process. Um, um, and all this is said in the, in the context of the, so what's the, what's the solution? Right? The solution is you don't stick him behind bars. The solution is you put him in, in, in you make him understand that he has he has to repay. It's it, it, it's it's a compensation for the individual who was lost. It's not you know the the the, the person steals and we throw him in jail. So what does the, the what does the nignav get get out of it? Right. It would it would be the it would be a, a travesty. You know, there, there, the, 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 if we're saying there's such a, there's such a cheshivas to a possession, if there's no repayment, that, 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 that would totally undermine the true justice. The point is there has to be repayment. You have to repay. And, and if, if that means losing your personal freedom, you're going to lose your personal freedom because you have to repay the damage that you've done. But uh, beyond that, we don't punish you. Um, so that is the... That is the, the the primary thought I wanted to share. I think it, 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 that it, it's such an extraordinary place to start the world of of, of Denimominus from. So from that vantage point, so it's fascinating. The Gemara talks about we spoke about this idea before. In English, we call possessions the nine tenths of the law. So it's not exactly the same. But isn't that a fascinating idea? That that's given such a sacred status that the ownership has that the, the burden of proof is always another individual. Right? That, 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 it, it's, it's a society based on and a society which doesn't have that foundation. So we, 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 it's very easy to turn the tables around. Prove you're innocent, otherwise you're guilty. Prove you don't know. Right. So, it, 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 again, we see in our society that type of attitude. The assumption of, of guilt is become like such a... The media automatically assumes guilt. And then, okay, prove to me that's not true. Or, or prove to me it is true. Uh, uh, I don't want to get into politics, but I, I just... Uh, the, I have not, not following the impeachment. I'm not following the details, etc. But it's a fascinating thing to me. If I, I, I try to look at it from a Torah Hashkafa for a second. Because I'll say that in Dini Nefoshes, the Aiden the can't be Dayanin. Because they're biased. So we live in a society which every person deserves a fair trial, except for the, the, great, the, the, the highest pers- position in the whole society is denied a fair trial because you're the 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 Adim or the Dayanim. It's ridiculous, and they this is called a, so where's the fair trial? Every single senator should recuse himself and say I I I I'm biased. 
Number one. Number two, the luck is that a person with a sarnay is possible to be an aider or be a dime. A sarnay is somebody who will not doesn't talk to, to, to somebody else for three days because he dislikes it. How about for four years degrading the, the, the guy every single day? So how are you aiding or the younger? So in, in the world of the Torah, this is, this is a total travesty of what it means, a, 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 a court case. And, w- and what's fascinating to me is like, nobody seems to be bothered by it. Right? Like nobody's not, I'm asking, I'm asking a very basic question. We, a, 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 the person gets tried by, by, by a, a, a jury of his peers and we work, go to the nth degree to know they don't know anything about the case and they have no prior opinion and they're not biased and they don't have any prejudices you know you know, you know if, 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 the, if the defendant is somebody who's of color so any person who ever once wrote anything about racist type of a thing can't be a juror because maybe he's biased and anybody who's the guy Jewish you know anybody that's anti-Semitic right but a person who's wrote, written op-ed after op-ed after op-ed about how they hate the president, he's okay to be to be the person who's trying him. Where's the jury of peers? I mean, our society. It's just, it's like, I mean, I haven't searched to see if anybody's asking these questions. But like, it doesn't make any sense to me. If you want to give him a fair trial. LMI, the whole thing is, that, is, is, the whole thing is, is the kangaroo court, by definition. So, so, so it's not it's not a fair trial. It's people who have their mind made up are trying to find a way to ram it down the, the society. So wasting our money. Like so, what's the purpose of it? To make a spectacle out of somebody? Okay. So that's exactly what this what, what the Torah is saying. That, that's that's not what he's a criminal, right? Criminals also have respect. Not in our society. Right? If the person says one thing which we think is horrible, we were going to embarrass him to the nth degree. And the fascinating thing is the Torah says that, you know, El you have to give him back to his his place of honor in society when he gets goes free. So the fact that he's been enslaved is totally ignored. And he's given the same question. He gets shlishi again in shul. Not in our society. And we're the enlightened society. This is the enlightened wisdom of our society. Because we don't, we're not bound by the old horrible superstitions of religion. We understand the value of, of human rights. Human rights. The degradation of, of, of human beings, right and left. You know, it, you know it, it's horrible. And, and, and nobody's asking the question. You know, somebody has, you know, like, you know, you're somebody's like you're uncomfortable because like you know seemingly they're saying wonderful human rights things you know and the Torah doesn't you know like you know the Torah has nothing to be embarrassed about about the chashivas of human rights compared to what 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 our society is doing we're way beyond the understanding of human minds so and the lack of humility is to me is fascinating. Today I figured out that this is the right, the right way to the, the, the true rights. Now, tomorrow it's a mistake. But meanwhile, I'll, 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 I will destroy people's lives based on that. And everybody else before me, you know, let's tear down, like you know, all of the enlightened people before me because they weren't enlightened enough. You know, uh, do they really believe that not, they're not going to be torn down? You know, in five years from now, or ten years from now, or, or three days from now? themselves, uh, I know, it, it's like, like, 
where's the thought process? I, I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying I, 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 I'm, I have lacked, I've lost respect for any, any, any depth of a thought process. It's childish. It, it's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a group of hum, grown human beings acting like little kids and claiming that they have moral, they have, they, that they have a moral height. Uh, you know, so I open up, it says, we have a criminal, he has, he deserves respect. You can't, you can't, you can't, there's a whole process, which, like, it's screaming that the Torah is 15 times more enlightened, a thousand more enlightened than our society, who thinks that religion is, is, is backwards. So I just, you know, I'm sorry for, uh, again, I'm not, you know, does he deserve? It doesn't deserve. He was, it was his guilt, not guilt. Is a constitution, not constitutional. It's like you know, you know, the. It, it, it's, it's a foregone conclusion in, in, in the vast majority of America's minds, either one way or the other. Right. So, what's the purpose of this whole thing? Just it's a, it's, it's a political opportunity to make you know. No, it's accountability. Okay. Right. So holding accountable. You know, like. I, you know, I, I, if, if, if that's their motivation, I'll, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> Excuse me for saying that. Right. Does he deserve to be accountable? Yes. Is this the way to do it? Something which, 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 which is unrespecting a human person's rights? No. Is, is, is the, the, the government supposed to be accountable? Yes. Is there a process which is supposed to be done? Which is, yes. Is it being, re- you can't just ignore that. Just because he's even arguably he's accountable, there's a way of doing it, and there's zero of that being done. I just I I I, I it, it's it's um, what can I say? It makes me very sad for the, the level of our society. It makes me very proud of what it means to be a, to have the Bereshit Torah, and that what it means that the human mind can't figure things out, and we need a Kodesh Baruch to, to direct us. And it gives us tremendous insight into how, with all of the movement forward, so we don't have societies, well, we do have societies nowadays, who chop off the Ganovsin's hands. You know, Saudi Arabia, they still do that. So, you know, don't steal in Saudi Arabia. It's not a good idea, right? Um, I don't know. You know, in some some of the other, Syria, what do they do? I don't know. But, I don't, but, uh, But that the sensitivity is extraordinary. It is. It's, it's an extraordinary thing to think about. So, and this is the Tarshim pen. Believing in Tarshim pen, not either the Torah is this Chas this horrible document that the first thing it talks about is selling human beings, or it's the most divine, inspired, and extraordinary document of Chashivas of the value of man and the rights of of man, because. We believe in Tarshim al-Pet. So uh, I think it's a very, very telling piece from Rav Hirsch. That's what I wanted to share with you. Um, it, so I will stop the share. And you can... So uh, th- there's a rumor going around that uh, that's S- S- Sammy's birthday. <laughs>